Well, good morning, everyone. I, uh, I know Nicole mentioned this just a few minutes ago, but let me say, too, how excited I am and, and Carrie and I are for the Christmas services that we have coming up next weekend. We've been talking so much about For the City this last year. We're going to keep talking about it, but, but as part of that, we've been talking about, about friends and, and relationships to build into, to be praying for. These Christmas services are such a great invite to make of those relationships you, you've been building and building into. I know Carrie and I are planning on inviting the families that we live in the circle with, and then, and then I keep a stack, actually, of those invite cards handy in my car, so that way, so I'm out and about, if the opportunity comes up, I can say, hey, if you're not going anywhere else for Christmas, check out the services at Brookside. So, so we, again, lots of very accessible ways to make that invite. Well, you probably also found a trifold brochure on your seats this morning. This is the brand new 365 reading plan for the first three months of 2017. And then we'll keep coming out with new installments every few months throughout the year. The, the reason we do this is because we love it when every Brooksider spends time reading the Bible daily. I, I, I've just heard too many comments from too many people and, and too many groups that say that one of the most transformative things they did this last year one guy last week just said it flatly. He said, he said, the most transformative thing he did this year was spending time every day reading the Bible. And so, so we want to keep offering you ways to do that. And so, so, so be sure to take that guide home with you. Check it out. Well, the place we're going this morning is John chapter 1. A great passage to dig into as we come up on Christmas here. So, so, so the reason John 1 is great is that it takes the coming of Jesus to earth as a baby and it, it builds meaning into it in John 1 that we don't get in any of the other Gospels. We learn in John 1 that Jesus came to offer life. Or, or, or even more than that, Jesus came to renovate life. He transforms life. He transforms us from the inside out. So that increasingly over time as we follow Jesus, we're different people. He offers restoration and wholeness and a full life. And thanks to shows like Fixer Upper, we all have a good mental picture in our brains of what renovation looks like. Now, if you have no idea what Fixer Upper is, you're probably in the minority. I uh, hate to break that news to you. It's one of the top five cable programs in its time slot. And, and in Fixer Upper, what happens is a husband and wife team, they team up to renovate houses. So, so Chip is the dude's dude who does what, what men love to do, demo, right, absolutely, and construction, and then Joanna brings her design expertise, and off they go. They take a house that needs major attention. They, they, they demolish what needs to go. They update it by opening up walls. They change surfaces. They add paint. They, they do everything else that they do in the show. And they completely renovate the space and make it new. They, they make it the best possible version of that house. And I think there are, there are obviously lots of reasons that Fixer Upper is so popular. Certainly the personalities of Chip and Joanna are awesome. Yeah, I mean, they're just people that you think you'd want to hang around with on their own. Individually, it's fun to see them relate and their personalities come out. Their interactions as a couple are hilarious, right? They, they, they draw you in. They're good at what they do. 
And it's fun to watch people who are good at what they do do those things. But I think one of the reasons we are all drawn to Fixer Upper, and one of the reasons it's so popular, is because we like to see things transformed. We, we like to see things go from this, this level of being just abandoned to being the best possible version of that space. And, and I think as much as we're drawn into the transformation that Chip and Joanna Gaines can bring to a house, the, the thing I want to offer to us all this morning is that Jesus can bring that sort of transformation, uh, 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 tr that sort of transformation times a million to lives. I mean, that's why we do what we do at Brookside, because we're fascinated by renovation, by the renovation of people's hearts as they choose to follow Jesus. He transforms our lives in the best possible way. Everyone that I talk with, everyone wants this sort of transformation. Nobody wants to stay the same. Everybody wants to be a different person, a better person, three years from now or five years from now than they are today. Nobody wants to peak in high school or college or 35 or 45. We all want to keep going up and to the right, correct? And the, and the thing is, we, we, we know we need this. We know that if we don't, if we don't get fixing upping, we're going to stay the same. We need attention. Our lives are fixer-uppers. I mean, for, for, some of you, for some of us here today, maybe that need is obvious. Where, where it's close or it's clear to you and those closest to you that you're involved in some very destructive habits and you're just making all sorts of bad decisions that are hurting yourself and those around you. So, so, so for some of you, it's clear that you need fixing-upping. You need renovation. But, but for others of us here today, that, that need for renovation is below the surface. Others would look at your life on the outside and say, man, he has it all together. Man, man, she has it all together. Maybe you got accepted into the college you've been pursuing for the last four years. You, you've hit that goal. Maybe you've hit your sales goals for the year. Maybe you finally landed the job of your dreams. You're making more money than you ever thought you'd make. You have everything that you think you want. On the outside, everything is supposed to be perfect. But you know in some of those idle moments of life, just before you go to sleep at night maybe, when, you, when you're sitting in a traffic waiting for a red light to turn green, you know that there are times of your life where the noise quiets down and you, and you just have this sense of emptiness. You don't know what it is, but you know something is missing. You, you know you don't have it. You're, you're missing fullness of life. You don't feel whole. And everything on the outside looks good. And so now maybe you're just starting to get clued into the, to, to the idea Maybe something on the inside of me needs attention. Maybe there's something inside of me that needs renovation. None of us, nobody here has fully arrived yet. Again, we all want to keep getting better year after year. And, and so that is why we should all be drawn to the transformation and the renewal, the life that Jesus offers us. 
And that's why I love John 1, because that's what John 1 is all about. John 1 tells us again and again that true life, renovated life, is found in Jesus. Jesus can restore us from the inside out. Jesus can take things in us that we know that we need to change, and sometimes quickly and sometimes slowly, Jesus makes us into a better version of ourselves as he comes inside of us and renovates us. The life that he offers can fulfill us in ways that nothing else can and make us whole in ways that nothing else can. So, so let's look at John 1. Let's, let's just get there, right? So what I want to do is I just want to read the whole chunk of John 1 for us. So we're going to read 14 verses, John 1, 1 through 14, just because I want to get the passage in front of us. It's that good. I want to get it in front of us, so buckle up. We'll read it, and then I'm going to come back around, circle back. We'll look at a few points a little bit more closely. But So let's go to John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself wasn't the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He, He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So much in these verses. So let's dig in. Just from that passage, we will see that we need renovation. What will drive that home and that Jesus gives renovation. We need renovation and Jesus gives renovation. So, so let's, let, let's start at the top with John 1. We, we need renovation. We see this all over the place in the passage. Verse 5. Look with me there. So, so the light... That's Jesus, the light that shines in the dark, or the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That, that word darkness there, that, the, uh, in Scripture, that's a symbol so often of evil and suffering. And so when John tells us that light shines in the darkness, he's telling us that Jesus came to a place that needs light. Something is wrong that has created darkness. Something is wrong, we see here, that has introduced evil into the world. Uh, Or jump down just a few verses. Look with me at verses 9, 10, and 11. Verse 9, the, the true light, again Jesus, that gives light to everyone, 
was coming into the world. He was in the world, and, and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Now, now, if you just look closely at those verses, there's a few things that do not line up. So, so we see here, the world was made through him, but the world didn't recognize him. There's incongruity there. It doesn't quite line up. Why doesn't the world recognize the one through whom it was made? There's a question mark there. There's something that should kind of get underneath us a little bit and say, what's What's wrong with that? What's, what's, what's going on? Or, or, or verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. There's something wrong in verses 10 and 11. Something needs renovation. The world that Jesus made didn't recognize him. and In fact, it rejected him. The wires have gotten crossed here in some very, very significant, very deep ways. And these things in John 1, they're like warning lights that are going off on your car dashboard when something is, when something is wrong that needs attention to alert us to the fact that, hey, something needs your attention. So I've got a classic car dashboard light story. So about nine years ago, I was driving to meet someone at a home. It was actually the first funeral I officiated. Unfortunately, one of the elderly parents of this family had passed away. So, uh, so it, was, it was winter, I was driving through their neighborhood to try to get to their house, when, when all of a sudden I saw the lights on my dashboard, like, like eight lights on my Oldsmobile Intrigue 1998, like flash up, like all of a sudden turned on. And, and the check engine light doesn't just come on, it starts blinking at me, right? So, so I know something must be very wrong. So I'm actually just getting to the house that, that, I'm, that I'm supposed to arrive at. And so, uh, so get there, and, and my, uh, my engine temperature gauge spikes into the red. So I realize I, I need to pull over. So I, I get to the house, pull over, pop the hood, and my engine bursts into flames. True story. And so here I am, 27 years old or whatever, I'd kind of grab my stuff, had my phone, so I call the family I'm going to meet, and I say, uh, this is Tim, I'm sitting out in front of your house, and my car is on fire. And so, so they run out with a fire extinguisher, help put the fire out, and, and on we go. Now, 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 great story, but the whole reason for that is the dashboard thing, right? Those lights that are going off on my dashboard are there to get my attention, to say, Tim, something's wrong. Tim, if you don't pull over and give this your attention, something's going to go very wrong. And so, so I did, and that's what we get in John 1. The, the, the darkness, the rejection, something is wrong. Something needs to be fixed. And then we get absolute clarity on exactly what that problem is a little bit later on in verse 29 of John chapter 1. Here we fast forward to the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, where his cousin, John the Baptist, is talking about Jesus stepping onto the scene. And John 1.29, look at what it says. John the Baptist, he says, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That word sin, that word is the problem 
that needs to be fixed. And problem isn't even a big enough word for how big of a deal sin is. I mean, that word should be bolded, all caps, size 18 point font. I mean, it's, it's the problem. I mean, the darkness that we saw a minute ago, the world is evil. The world is dark because of sin, because of sin around us, and because of sin in us. Remember that rejection that we saw, how the world didn't recognize Jesus but rejected him? That rejection is generated by this thing on our hearts that just resists outside authority, that resists the idea of Jesus being the true king that should be sitting in our hearts and us surrendering our lives to him. I mean, that rebellion is generated by sin. And so the reason that we need renovation is because because our hearts have been darkened, because our, our desires have been twisted and because we've been separated from God. That's why, that's why we need renovation. But John 1 doesn't leave it with our need for renovation. Coming right alongside all the ways John shows us that we need renovation, John 1 tells us so clearly that Jesus gives renovation. Jesus provides renovation. True renovation is found in Jesus. And I love that Jesus offers us this. Because I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I can look out here and I can see people whose lives have been changed by, by turning away from sin. And by leaning into life with God. I mean, this truth that Jesus provides renovation, that's why I can say so confidently to all of us, to everyone here today, that whatever sin is consuming you, whatever sin seems bigger than any solution, Jesus is bigger. That the renovation Jesus gives is bigger. True renovation comes through Jesus, as we look to him, as we lean into him. I mean, just listen to Jesus himself offer us this renovation. Later on in in John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Hang on with me there real quick. So, So last week, as Steve preached through lies, Satan tells us, Steve showed us that Satan is this thief, right? That through his lies, he robs us from the life that God wants. He steals that. He kills it. He destroys the life that God wants. So so make sure that you get online soon and listen to to Steve's sermon. It's great. So many important truths. Because we will never experience the renovated life that Jesus offers if we can't counter the lies of Satan. Because the second we start building something up through leaning into Jesus, Satan comes in with a sledgehammer and just tears it down, right? He destroys it. That's what he does. So, so listen to Steve's sermon. It's good. It's important. But, but, but so that's what the thief does. But Jesus says, but I have come that they may have life 
and have it to the full. And so, so Jesus, he doesn't sap our life. He doesn't destroy our life like Satan does. He fills it. He gives it. And then I love this explanation that, that John adds. He doesn't just say, I've come they may have life, period, end of sentence. He says, I've come they may have life. And then he piles on the description. He says, I've come that they may have it to the full, to the extreme. I've come that they can have the best kind of life. One Bible says that they can have a more and better life than you've even dreamed of. And so, so let me go back to the fixer-upper show. So, so Chip and Joanna Gaines have a vision for that space that is the best possible vision for that house. And that is God's vision for you. It's the best way to live. So many people think that following Jesus makes our lives smaller. And so I say it all the time. I'd rather oversay it, right? No! Jesus doesn't make our lives smaller. Jesus makes our lives bigger. That's what following him does. It makes relationships richer. It gives us a sense of purpose. It makes what we're doing, it encourages us to do things that have eternal value. Jesus is for you. It's the best way to live. That's the life that Jesus offers when he says that I've come to give you life to the full. And then back in John 1, we see how Jesus does this, why he does this. Jesus' renovating work, the work that he does to give life, to transform lives, has everything to do with who he is. Let's go to John 1. Let's see it. Very first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, so, so who's the Word? We jump down to verse 14. We see who the Word is, where we see that the Word became flesh. That's talking about Jesus Christ taking on flesh when he came to earth for us. So, so just to make things absolutely clear, when, when John 1.1, if we just insert what we know about Jesus being the Word into that, it says, in the beginning was Jesus Jesus was with God, and Jesus is God. And so, so God, God became flesh in Jesus. 100% God, 100% man, both at the same time. That's Christmas. That's the incarnation that we sang about earlier in the service. And then, and then in verse 3, look with me here in your Bibles. In verse 3, John says that everything Everything was made through Jesus. And so the obvious conclusion is that Jesus is the agent of life. He's the agent of creation. That is why he can provide renovated life. Because he created life. That's why we want to lean into him. Because he's the designer of life. He knows how we're supposed to work. He knows individually how you're supposed to work, the unique purpose for what's here on this earth. And so as we lean into the one who created us, we find the renovation that our hearts want to become a different sort of person six months and six years from now. 
And then we keep reading and we learn more about who Jesus is. Verse 4. In him was life. That's a big statement. In him was life. Four four words that I think is easy just to read past and glance by. But, But if we just soaked in that for a little bit, there's a lot there. So in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. So, so those words there, life and light, they go hand in hand with renovation. I mean, the, the very definition of renovation, it includes bringing life to something. Renovating a home, it means bringing life and light to that space. And so here in John 1, we see not only that Jesus created life, but we see that Jesus is the source of life. And so that means that if we want the life and the light that come with renovation, with renovated hearts, with renovated lives, we need to be connected to Jesus, to the source of life and light. When I was growing up, I had a, a stuffed animal that was a glowworm. Uh, I think we've got a picture of it or something like it. So mine looks suspiciously like this, so you can insert your awesome 1980s toy comment here. But so the, the thing about this glowworm that I, I had when I was little, like way littler than I am now, by the way. So the thing about this glowworm is that its light didn't come from itself. So, so back in 1984, whatever year it was, I, I had to stand on my bed and I had to connect this glowworm to a greater source of light. So I'd be standing in my bed, I'd be holding it up as high as I could to try to get it close to the light bulb because it would absorb that light from the light bulb of my room. And then that's what would power, I guess, this glow worm, fill it so that it had the light to light up my room when it was dark. My glow worm was only able to have light if it stayed closely and if it stayed continuously connected to a greater source of light. And in the same way, if we want a transformed life, that life can't come from ourselves. We need to stay closely and we need to stay continuously connected to the source of life, to Jesus What this means is that we will never have the renovated life Jesus offers, the full life that we want with the purpose and the rich relationships and the eternal value. We'll never have that apart from Jesus himself. You don't get the gifts without the giver. And so the only way to experience this renovated and transformed life is by coming to Jesus again and again and again. Now, now the best way to do that is to come to this book through which we know him again and again and again. It's to spend time in prayer, talking with Jesus again and again and again. And then surround yourself with people who can speak truth into your life to say, Tim, I see you growing more into the image of Jesus over the course of time. Or, or, or Tim... That, that way that you just responded to your wife, to, to Carrie, or, 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 to, or to your kids, to Carson or Jaden or whoever it is, uh, that, that doesn't show 
that Jesus is transforming your life. We, we need people to help us become like Jesus. But we need to keep coming back to Jesus as the source of our life. The only way to experience true life, full life, renovated life, is by coming to the source of life, to Jesus Christ. And so the, these truths about Jesus, who he is, he's fully God and he's fully man. He's the source of life. These truths are, are big enough that Rob and I were talking earlier this week and we thought this is, this is one of those places kind of in the middle of the service or two-thirds of the way through it or whatever where we want to actually create some, some space where, where, where we can all reflect on what we've seen. Because we're here to worship, right? We're here to learn more about who Jesus is and for that to do something in us. And so, so we, we want to create some space now where, where Rob and the band are going to come out and where, where we just reflect more on these truths that we've seen. We need renovation. And Jesus gives that renovation. So, so Rob and the band are going to lead us in a song. This is actually one of those times where we want you to stay seated. So go ahead and sing along if you want. Whatever fosters reflection. But the way we want you to use this time is to reflect deeply on what we've seen in John 1. There's one more truth that we, we cannot miss from John 1. And it's really a question. A question that, that, that is a question that I would ask everyone here. That, that we all need, that we all need to, to, to respond to. That we all need to wrestle with and address. And the question is how? If Jesus provides this sort of renovated life. If he can give that to me. How can I have this renovation? How can I find this transformed, full, big, right life that Jesus gives? The, the key here is in John 1.12, where we see John writing, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So, so, so the alienation from God the, the separation from God, the, the, the darkness that we feel sometimes, that does not have to be the final word. We can be brought into the family of God and experience the full life that Jesus gives with all of the assurance and all of the hope and all of the security and all the belonging and everything else that it gives. And here's how we saw it in John 1. We believe in Jesus. We receive him. And we've already seen this morning what that means. It means we receive him as fully God and fully man. As the creator of life. As the creator of our life. And so it means we, we bow our hearts. Like we just sang in surrender to him. And it means we believe that Jesus really is life. He really is light. And so we step out of the darkness into the light by just admitting we're sinners, by owning up to that, and then turning to the source, to the source of life and light. 
And so for, for some of you, hearing that idea, that, that reality, that life with Jesus can be yours, hearing that it's an office on the table, hearing about this life that Jesus, that, that Jesus gives, that's the first time you've ever heard it described that way. Things are finally making sense to you. You, you finally got this language of sin to, 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 to kind of explain those feelings that you've had that you maybe couldn't quite put words to, but, but now you know what's wrong. And, and, and you are drawn, you are compelled by the life that Jesus gives you. Want that. And so, so if that's you this morning, so, some of you here, I just uh, invite you to place your trust in Jesus in a very conscious way. You, you can do that with your eyes wide open and just repeat this prayer after me, echo these words in your heart. Right now, you could you just say something like, God, I know I'm a sinner. I need the life that you offer. And I trust in what Jesus has done for me on the cross, dying for my sins, giving me life. And I commit my life to following him as my Savior and my Lord. Or, or others of you here, this is new to you and you're not quite ready to make that step. But, but let me encourage you to keep digging in because maybe you're still drawn into this life that Jesus offers, you just have some legitimate, legitimate questions. And so, so let me encourage you to check out this group we have just for you called Explore, right? I mean, it's a, it's a group designed as a very safe place for people to ask questions and to dig into what Christianity really is all about. So, so, so check out Explore. Or, or others of you here, you have chosen to follow Jesus. Maybe you've been following him for a long time. But you know that you aren't returning to him as the source of your life. You're looking to maybe a bunch of other things for fulfillment. You're looking to, to work, to success, to, to being good enough, right? To relationships, to grade. I mean, it could be, could be a million things. And, and you need to be reminded that, that as important as some of those things are and can be, they're not the source of life. And so, so if that's you here this morning, let me, just, let me just gently call you back to the source of life and light. The source of true, inside-out transformation. To Jesus Christ, our life and our light. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the life and the light that he gives. Jesus, we thank you that in him we can find the full life that you offer. We can experience it. Jesus, the, the wholeness, the, the security, the purpose that you, that, that you came for, Jesus, as we look ahead to Christmas. That's why you came to, to restore us to life with you. So Jesus, for all of us, draw us more deeply into the life that you offer and renovate our hearts. We love you, Jesus. We pray these things in your name. Amen.